Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and grape about its graceless adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. Why do critics give this show a pass? song you just heard is the book snob sing-along by the metro gnomes you can listen to it on soundcloud and we'll link Still it in the show me a notes. warm and fuzzy feeling every time i hear it and every time i hear the main theme song too i'm just yeah. like seasons four and five yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes we're always singing along that was doing that yesterday me too me too it's wonderful it's the best gift oh anyway my name is kylie <laughs> and here with me are julia hi everyone caroline hi everybody and joining us at 3.30 in the morning from Germany, Yana. Hi. Worth it. Uh, yes. Totally. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. No regrets here. So half of our panel are lawyers. Oh, yeah, that's true. Really? That's yeah. Weird. I'm not a lawyer yet. I'm in kind of in tr- not even in training-ish, sort of. How does how does that work in Germany? <laughs> I guess that's not the point of this podcast, but I'm curious. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, I, I was hoping we could steer a little bit away from, yeah. uh, you know, comparative, com- comparative legal systems, but... <laughs> I know, we're going to be talking about, like, germ theory later, so why not? Okay, so the four of us write for thefundamentals.com <laughs> for a fundamentally sound fandom analysis, and part of that fundamentally sound analysis includes ripping the biggest show in geeky space, Game of Thrones, because it is just... Terrible. So we have been following along every single episode of season seven for some reason, and we're here to give our review and discussion of episode three, The Queen's Justice. But first. Yes. We have to have the recap for the show. Oh, right. Yes. So if you're listening and (laughs) you uh, haven't seen this episode good on you but we are going to give you a quick snapshot with our friend Shiro's shinobi narrator get him kylie this week on game of thrones john has finally arrived on dragonstone with his one companion 
Davos and is brought before a deadpan Stormborn. Johnny is ready to mine some dragon glass and ride some dragons to defeat the White Walkers, but seeing as he has nothing to offer deadpan and she wishes to be Queen of Seven, not Six Kingdoms, their conversation quickly goes nowhere. That doesn't stop the Lady Melly Sandsbra from bragging to Lord Varus about how she got her OTP together before she fucks off to Atlantis for reasons. Deadpan learns of Yoren Faloria's defeat, and Tyrion has to explain to her that perhaps allying with Johnny is a good call after all. They haven't sorted out that whole king thing, but now John gets to mine Dragonglass. Victory! Speaking of Yara and Falaria's defeat, the two women, plus Bad Pussy herself, are paraded on leashes through the streets of Cheryl's Landing, where the commoners love the good queen again. As a reward for these handsome young women, Cheryl promises her hand to Yoron the Hooligan after the war is won. She then dons some poisonous chapstick and kisses Bad Pussy to death while forcing Falaria to watch. <laughs> Reasonably turned on, she heads upstairs to perform fellatio on Larry, no longer caring if people find out about their incest. Well, no one cared about the sept either, I suppose. She then takes a meeting with Tycho of the Iron Bank of Bravos, who decides to back her because Deadpan interrupted the slave trade, a Bravosi's favorite form of economic prosperity. What a fool day for Cheryl! <laughs> Did I mention Theon's alive? That was a thing. Up in Winterhell, Brittany is back, bitch! This boss-ass individual is keeping things in ship-shape and preparing for the upcoming winter. Too bad she wasn't crowned. She gets quite the shock, however, when her long-lost brother Bran turns up. But apparently he also lost the ability to emote. Off-screen, of course. Instead, he passes up being Lord of Winterhell for reasons that are hard to explain, and then goes on to explain Brittany's trauma in a dispassionate yet somehow voyeuristic manner. There's that reunion viewers have been longing for! Down in Old Town, Jorah is completely cured of his grayscale. Yay! Over at Casterly Castle, the Unsullied take the stronghold using a clever ruse through the sewers. This reminds us of a similar clever ruse back in Season 3 when Fabio Harris had long hair and things made a modicum of sense. However, in another clever ruse, Larry already beat the Unsullied to Casterly Castle, oh, you didn't notice them, and marched the Lannister army away. Things are indeed dire for Deadpan's troops, especially when you're on the Hooligan's fleet materializes to destroy their ship. Hey, where are those Dothraki? Never mind that, because finally Larry took Highgarden off screen. He confronts the Dowager Sastrasas after this, and she seems as eager as we are to down poisoned wine. Any way to get off this shit show? However, in a final moment of justice, irony, she confesses to being the one who murdered Joffrey. Larry seems sad. And that's what you missed on The Queen's Justice. Perfect. So I was saying before we started recording, um, much to everyone's chagrin, that I think... I'm not chagrin, just confusion. I, I think this might Surprised? be the best episode since, like, The Line in the Rose. Really? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's taken it way too far. Some episodes of season four were watchable. Yeah. Because, like, the, the episode with Tyrion's trial... I that, wasn't that was bored out of my that mind. Yeah. I think I was in more or less engaged for the entire thing. I mean, there was there was a few moments where, like, like when there was a one Cheryl conversation. I remember where she said the same thing at least three times, and the whole like <laughs> deadpan and Johnny conversation was just like extremely. Circular. I think the worst part about that there was like two scenes of that. Yeah, yeah. but in general, like like there, I can really think of more than one scene that actually worked. And I think I, I felt something at the end. 
And so, yeah, like, I think, I mean, it wasn't good, but I think it's better. But were they scenes that worked, like, the entire scene worked, or were they just portions? Because I agree on portions of scenes. Like, there were discrete moments that worked really well that I, I, I liked. the entirety of the last scene worked for me. Which one was the last scene, though? The one with Diana Rigg. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really oh. Elena, it was Diana Rigg. But, oh, like, yeah. you have to kind of, you kind of have to, like, accept that Larry is who he is in the scene and not really think about it too much, but... But you also have to accept a bunch of other shit. Like, yeah, first of all, right. you have to accept that Larry needed to exposit to explain the entire thing. Yeah. You have to accept that Cheryl uh-huh. is suddenly evil. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we can break this down and get into it. I just, for me, it was like, I did, I felt my brain more engaged than normal. Yeah, but maybe. when you look back on it, like, for instance, I was praising to high heavens Mel and uh, Varys' scene. And then when you go back and look at it, you're like, but wait, what's what's anyone actually talking about? No, it was like, I think it was, yeah. it was like the direction or something, the direction made it seem, like, significant. I mean, that scene was nice, but you have to dig to, through so much stupid to get there. Powered <laughs> is still stupid. No, you're, you're not You're not at all wrong, like, not even a little bit, but I don't know, just something about the way those two scenes were shot, I think. I don't know, I I want I, I think I agree that I was more engaged in this episode than the, than the last two, um, but I mean, last episode was just exposition. And the first episode was nothing, so it's sort of easy to be more engaged in this. But I was more engaged. I mean, because that I go 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 pace. <laughs> I think we can agree that's suddenly turned up. All right, I think I think we need to break it down. Okay, I think we need Let's to take it. this plotline. Okay, plotline by beautifully crafted plotline. Unfortunately, like. Oh, you said, oh, let's just dismiss the John and Deadpan, like, non-versation. I didn't say dismiss it, I just, I just Yeah, you said ignoring that, but, like, we're st- mm. if we're starting on Dragonstone, like, that was so many scenes. Mm. Yeah. They were, like, spread through the episode. Yeah, spread through the episode, yeah. too. It was, like, maybe, what, 20 minutes all put together? Maybe Probably. More? Yeah, they started cutting again between segments and just back and forth to this and whatever else was going on. Okay, so let's talk about how Johnny... Who is a king? Showed up with <laughs> Allegedly. one dude and like four. Oh. Were those four guards even his? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Did he have so. a single Northman with him? He no, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, think about like like you know, when Oberyn went to King's Landing. Like he's like you know just he's not a king, and he brought like fifty guys with him, like fifty important guys and like three hundred unimportant. You guys. know what? Like at the least, yeah. Johnny should have brought Lyanna. Yeah. I know. I was sitting here thinking he should be such a better hype man than Davos ended up being. Seriously. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, his hype man, like, MO is just exactly the same. He just talks about how folksy he is. <laughs> oh my yeah, didn't god. Didn't Davos do better when he was hype manning Stannis? <laughs> yeah. In the exact same fashion. He didn't even move on his fingers. Right, because the folksy thing with Stannis worked because Stannis was, like, you know, relying on his name a bit. So he was trying mm-hmm. to, like, humanize the guy that no one really found to be very human. It worked with Yana too. With John, with John, when you're trying to folksy him up, it just makes him, like, you. it just reminds you that he's a giant fucking idiot who has no business being a king. Right. And he yeah. had this, like, puppy dog look on his face for the whole time. <laughs> I mean, quite apart from, like, you know, pulling a Quentin when he saw the dragon. Okay, well then I have another Ooh. question also about John. You know, he only yeah. brought the one dude. Did he not bring anyone to mine the dragon glass that he came for? Correct. He's nope. just like he's like I'm gonna ask for it, give nothing in return, and she's gonna mine it for me with her dudes. But what about his dick, Caroline? <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't given her that yet. He doesn't. Caroline, he doesn't Caroline, know, just wait. Only a king can talk to a queen. <laughs> <laughs> 
so stupid. Uh, it's so stupid. Well, at least at least Miss is one of her like chief advisors now. That was nice. Yeah, well, she like, deserves all the good things. This this did highlight how dumb it was for John to have showed up at all, though, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Tyrion mentioned like twice. Yeah. So, like, are we supposed to think John's a good ruler? Nope. Yeah. Yes. I mean, um, I mean, I mean he, he, he went on about how he earned like the kingship and everything, right? Because people believe yeah. in him. But it's yeah, not but found. Without... They they must yeah. they must believe in him if they let him get away with all the shit he gets away with. And because they believe in him so much, they accompany him or whatever. Like, if you want to show that he earned his people's loyalty or, or something, maybe take some of them with you, other than Davos. <laughs> well, like, Bronze Yon is busy, like, micromanaging production of breastplates. And Littlefinger has to mind his spot or else somebody else will take it. Okay, but related to that, so if, if John has won the, you know, the people or whatever, then why won't he bend the knee? Yes. That's why the, won't he bend the knee? I don't Tyrion understand. Tyrion brought that point... Tyrion brought that point up, and he was like, look, if you're saying the only thing that matters is the war in the North, and you really need our help, just bend. Yeah. And he was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not gonna do it. Like, why? Why? Because the plot because requires wildlings. it. I don't know. Because he spent, like, a season and a half with wildlings and now it's contagious, or... <laughs> <laughs> but he's a king! Aren't the wildlings in the Night- Night's Watch now? They are the Night's Watch? I don't yeah. know. I, I missed I missed that bearded Icelandic fellow. I'm pretty sure there's like four of them left at this point, so I yeah, don't know. They like, can have fun in the tower. The other thing is too, I I mean, when it comes to John winning over the people, exactly what army is in Winterfell? Because his army was slaughtered. Yes, the wildlings are at the wall. Sansa's army. Yeah, that army the Vale troops. Yeah, that's the Vale. Oh. They don't owe any loyalty to a king in the north. They're in the Riverlands. Apparently, they By the do. way, yeah, I have a question. I have a question. Did Robin die off screen and no one told us? Because, like, Royce is just oh, really man. tuckered into Winterfell there. I mean, would you rather have Royce just running around in the background or Robin trying to do anything at this point? Robin can micromanage the production of breastplates. <laughs> you know what? Royce should have been in charge of the breastplates. That man never leaves his. He would know about it better than anyone. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how to cover it with leather, apparently. <laughs> oh, um, is that was... a thing? I don't know enough about breastplates, know. but... I, I thought some. I thought well, I heard like Netflix legit. about that. Neither do the Lords of the North apparently, or the Smiths in the North. It was weird. It sounded legit enough. I didn't. I didn't have a quabble with it. I. I. I had took issue with the fact that it was like, why? Why is Sansa micromanaging this? I don't. No, I loved that because she accidentally took John oh, to yes. Dance with Dragons plotline. <laughs> That's true. She was just so that. competent. Anyway, okay, nice. so um, let's talk about that scene where they're walking on that causeway thing. Where Tyrion wants to make sure John oh. knows for sure that he didn't have sex with his sister. Oh, yeah, God. please. Oh, He's just God. the best guy ever, and he always appreciated Sansa's intelligence. Oh, Sounds legit. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's nice to have people talk about how amazing Sansa was for a change instead of about how great Tyrion was, but yeah. I mean. But it was really about Tyrion, though. Yeah, I was just going to say, I also don't really recall this happening at all. Like, I don't recall Tyrion ever seeming dazzled by her wit. She didn't know the word for shit. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, I just, that whole scene of the causeway, I just found really awkward. I don't know if it was because of like, the, the, there were sort of these weird beats in between lines. Yeah, it, that were it was too of, long. Yeah. Everything was too long. That scene with Johnny and Dan, Danny, was like fucking endless. No, they repeated themselves. They just kept talking in circles. Exactly. Did they keep repeating the same points, but then started making the opposite points, but then sort they just didn't of? go back? They yeah. kept debating oath 
technicalities on how... I mean, what was her game here? If she wanted to want anything from John, and if so, why did she start off by saying, oh, you're here because you have to be because loyalty like 300 years of amazing peace ago. She sent him the raven because he's just like an undeclared lord or king, I guess, and she's like, okay, well, I'm here claiming the throne, you kneel. So... I guess that's all she wanted from him was fealty. Um, and she is mm -hmm. definitely not in a bargaining position. Did John oh. know going there that he was going to be asked to bend the knee? And so well, he's really question. dumb, but like, I mean, if, he, idiot could like if he didn't, that? right, exactly. That's that was my thoughts. Like, what did he think was going to happen? He's like, I was recently proclaimed the king of the north. Here is someone claiming to be queen of all seven of the kingdoms. I wonder what she's going to want in exchange for all the help well, in the north and dragonglass. And what was really weird is that he he opens going like, I need you and you need me. Why? Why does she need you? Because she needs that she Veil needs army. She needs the Veil army that is uh, loyal to him for no particular reason. Clearly. And she needs to know the dramatic point he can save for the end of the debate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Obviously. And then the whole, like, don't judge the son for the father's crimes. Oh, but yeah, basically, that went nowhere. That yeah. went nowhere? Are they flip-flopping on that at this point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because last episode, John was all like, don't judge the Karstarks for their father. And this episode, he's like, your father burned my family. And, and so Jess made a very good point. She did. This was a perfectly good opportunity to see it some more R plus A equals J. Yep. Yes. And they didn't take it. They yeah. talked about Ares and they talked about Ricard, uh, yeah, Ricard and Brandon, which isn't a dumb thing to talk about in this context. But how could you not talk about Ricard and Did Liana? they even mention Brandon? They did. Yeah, I think they he said, he said my grandfather and my uncle. They did. Okay. I'm pretty sure they downgraded um, both of their deaths just to fire, so the Brandon's matter of death has changed. But... Well, I don't think that's super, mm. like, yeah, but it's a nitpick. I know it's a nitpick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right because, like, here's the other thing. I know that you know we, the audience, saw the baby crossfade and know the amazing significance because then HBO released a flowchart for us to follow. Yeah. So we know who John's parents are. But like, most of these fans are casual fans, you know. Like, well, okay, but no, my point is that this reveal should mean something to the characters. Mm -hmm. Bran even was saying, like, oh, I need to talk to John about this. So wouldn't it be interesting <laughs> if John had this idea in his mind that Rhaegar raped Lyanna and like he can throw that out there and then. And that can be, you know, kind of torn down, or maybe he deals with that a little bit on some level. Or it makes him, like, you know, empathize with Danny a little bit because his father was also an asshole. Or what about if you just remind the audience about the thing apparently nobody understood last season and, and figured out John was an incest baby or something? I mean, yeah. not even to make it overtly obvious at this point, but just because it's the sequence of events. This is this is why all these things are happened that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So why not mention it at this point? It's not even too obvious if nobody gets it. Yeah, right. that's a that's a good point too. I mean, they saw they had to release this flowchart last year. This would have been the perfect opportunity to clear some things up. Right, and the uh. the the connection could have very organically gone into the non-organic conversation they were having. Where, you know, they could have said something like she was like, oh, the last time there was a Targaryen on the throne and a Stark in the north, we had magical peace for 300 years. John could have been... <laughs> yes. John could have, <laughs> John could have been like, well, the last time that happened, a Targaryen kidnapped a Stark and raped her and killed her, so YOLO. Hmm. But John's stupid. <laughs> no, he's yeah. really stupid. I'm sorry. So he gets, like, taken yeah. prisoner, because of course he gets taken prisoner. And then we get, like, the... Is he, though? He just gets to take a bath. Remember? 
He's not a prisoner yet. He's probably really smelly. But then he's brooding about like being a prisoner. Sexy brooding. I must say, oh my god! I must give. I, I, well, I want to give credit to one thing about their conversation, their first conversation inside. Uh, when she gets the news from Varys, and then she turns and speaks Dothraki to her guards, and they don't give us the translation. I thought that I was. That. I liked that. I thought it was a very yeah. good use of the fact that mm. she's sort of like she's um, learned something in this particular case, the language from her experience, and is using it to her advantage here. I, I liked that. I thought it was a cool detail. Yeah. yeah well, don't you know that Deadpan's been through shit? <laughs> and. All that's oh, that's why she's that yeah. her, like faith in her. Oh, own. right, her faith in herself. Yeah. Why is she so hung up on like being sold to the Dothraki, especially with the way that they portrayed it in the show? They didn't really portray her as being in like a horrible marriage or something like that. Like there was the first episode, but then after but that, they, yeah, no, they they played her falling in love with uh, Drago straight, and right then now she's now mm-hmm. she's looking back and it, she's like, oh, you know, is this really exploitative situation where I was like, you know. A, a victim and, and raped and stuff, which I mean was the case, but I didn't think for Danny's character that was something she had any awareness of. Yeah, they came out of nowhere somehow. She's mentioned it before. She's mentioned before how she was sold, and I'm like, I don't. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay, not quite, but all right. I I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And then yeah, yeah, I, I do this because I had faith in myself. This was just as bad, and it kind of reminded me of Cheryl's monologue to Spoonella last year when she was mm-hmm. saying she does stuff because it feels good. Yeah, it was kind of in that vein and in that same like, what the fuck are you like? When has this ever been the case? But I guess it's the case. So. I don't know. I guess that explains like her deadpanniness, right? She's so certain of herself <laughs> that like I don't know. Something needs to explain that because. God. Um, yeah, okay, so then we have, like, f- three scenes of Tyrion basically, like, playing messenger with everyone. Or matchmaker. Oh my god. You know, is Tyrion being, like, you know, like, a tutor or something? He's, like, Deadpan's tutor. But, like, also Jon's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that scene where he's, like, you look much kind of like, like Mr. Knightley and Emma. Yeah. Is there some way I can help you, John? Something? Anything? I mean, how do you Here, my lord. Here's the help. (laughs) God. And then he has to go to Deadpan and explain to her, hey, our ship's burned. Like, Mm -hmm. we lost Dorne and, you know, Yara's contingent of the Iron Islands. So, allies are a good thing. Maybe you should be nice to John. Yeah, maybe you should exploit the situation where you get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And she's like still being pissy about it. Are we supposed to think she's a good ruler? No one is coming across well she's, in this. She's a good ruler when she listens to Tyrion. <sighs> but she listened to his battle plan and that didn't that's not working out. That's what I can't figure out. His battle plan is complete shit as we find out in this episode. Yeah, but they need they need um like to get her like OP force under control. So that it can stretch this out for the whole season. So well, yeah, but from a character perspective, it makes her hand seem like the biggest fucking moron. So they need to draw the battle war out. I mean, if they really wanted to distract her from taking King's Landing, like that was the goal, they could have just had her go north and say that the battle of the north is more important. But the like, battle yeah, of the north is for season eight. <laughs> is it? What battle is happening this season? I don't sure. know. The off-screen one for High Garden, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Cheryl's gonna be the big bad this season, and then next I think season, so too. Yeah, I mean, oh god! All right, you really think they're going to go a season without Cheryl? 
I do. Oh, without Lena Headey? I think she's going to die this season, I do. I th- I, no, I still say she's surviving into next. We'll see. Yeah, Euron is going to die this season, but I think Cheryl makes it. In what fashion, though? Is she still going to be queen, or is she going to be something else? I honestly have no Who clue. Who knows? I, I mean, if she keeps getting these random victories, then she's going to be, like, you know, in a position to be killing all of them. And we know she has a dragon-killing crossbow, so... Yes, the one dragon killing Speaking of Cheryl, oh, well, first, before we move on to Cheryl, very, very important. What should Deadpan and Johnny's ship name be? Cardstock. Cardstock? No. <laughs> huh. Isn't he John? What, sorry, Dead she's board? Deadstock? Deadstock? No. God, this is really hard. Because he's, he's Johnny Cardboard, and she's mm-hmm. Deadpan. Um, Cardboard. So, so it's gotta be either. It's gotta be either dead board. Dead or, board. It has to be dead, dead board. board is, I think that board is appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Dead board. Dead board. And the sexual tension is already sizzling just when they look at each other. Uh, wait. Were we actually supposed to that? I saw some article online today um, when I was twiddling my thumbs at the courthouse doing nothing. I saw some article about uh, how, like, I think Kit Harrington or somebody gave an interview. Where it was like John didn't expect to find such a uh, young, beautiful girl, and I'm like, D- was that emotion there? Mm. Like I didn't get, I didn't such really young, get beautiful. sexual attention. No, I mean he had more of a reaction to the Dothraki than he had to Deadpan. I mean oh, they're really hot. Wait, can I talk about the Dothraki for a moment because I'm the costume person and this is blowing my mind? Oh my god! Is yeah, it, okay. They sure. Caroline, what's the problem? <laughs> if it's cold there and everyone else is wearing like full length black. Covering their, all of their skin. Johnson fur! And you're a Dothraki warrior. Just putting more fur around your torso and not covering your arms is not gonna work out. Like, your arms but are still gonna be cold. How else are you going to show that they're savages? Yeah, they're really tough, you know? <laughs> what is it like? They can't, do they not have sleeves? Do no one ever teach the Dothraki how to sew sleeves? Like, there's nope. one sleeve pattern in the world. We can teach the Dothraki how to make sleeves, guys. We can do this. Well, and, like, even if it's not, bullshit. like, fully winter there, it's gotta be colder than it is in, like, the Essos Desert, right? Yup. <sighs> that was just really bad. Alright, let's, no, let's, let's, let's bounce to Cheryl's Landing, where <laughs> the, the common folk love Cheryl. I know, I think they and love, I, I think they love Euron because he's so flamboyant. What the fuck was he doing this episode? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I said that he looked like a magician at a kid's birthday party. His eyeliner was still on point, by the way. Oh my god, it was so on point. I thought he looked like a John Higgins character from Best in Show, <laughs> if you watch it, the way that he like walks the Shih Tzu around the ring with his like arm outstretched, and he's playing a very flamboyant gay man in that, just to give you that context. <laughs> but the, the small folk are the most mercurial people. I don't think they just like parades. Yeah. <laughs> they just... They don't know what it means, I mean, but it sure sounds angry. Like, what? I mean, you, if you can be very generous, you can say they really hate the Pornish because they're racist. Sure. But, um, <laughs> remember when there were riots in the street because they weren't well-fed enough, like, seasons ago? Admittedly, season two, not season one, which everyone seems to have been watching recently. But uh, <laughs> they were rioting in the street, and the hunger, stru- hunger stuff was resolved by getting the Tyrells on board, mm-hmm. and they are not on board anymore. Where's the food but, coming from? Well, they were How also the on board. How are not starving already? Yeah, Why but- do they like the Greyjoys? Like they turned, they turned on the Tyrells last year when they were like all wanting to see Marge do her slut shame walk for perjury. So like, 
I don't I don't know where their heads at now, but you know, whatever. <laughs> they weren't overly fond of their place of worship anyway. What I what I can say about yeah. the small folk in King's Landing is that I know where all of the colored fabric has gone oh, this yes. season. It is to the and small I mean, to folk. Be fair, they weren't dressed very weather appropriately either. And they were and they were dressed in such bright colors. It's nice to see that the High Lords have donated all of their bright colored clothing to the poor and now no. all only wear black. Because mm-hmm. the High Lords are empowered. <laughs> Oh, but you know what made me happy? Danny wore a red sash over her black stuff. Yes, yes. That's the I, closest thing to house colors she has ever worn, I think. Yes, yeah. it is, it is. I think that's the costume I like. I think that's the, the cape thing that, I'm, yeah, that I endorse this season. Going on. But, the one like, costume. Are we supposed to think, because they kind of see the idea that Yorana is going to betray Cersei, or Cheryl, whoever the fuck she is. So, like... Oh, I'm not even thinking that deeply about no, this. No, because, cause, like, his <sighs> loyalty to her is, like, weird because remember when he was like at a king's moot and he was talking about how he's going to conquer everything and also marry deadpan but like he's just a hooligan you can't hold him responsible from episode to episode no but like are we supposed to think he has this plan where he's going to like take over after he married cheryl yeah i think i do i think so i do Mm. think so because what other Mm -hmm. motive is there besides like just being like chaotic evil like i don't See what else. <laughs> I don't think there is a motive beside that. I think that's what he's, he's doing. He's just chaotic evil, that, and this is what he's doing. Yeah, I think he just does what feels good, which makes him a perfect match with Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> and she's been kind of Cersei-like in her whole, like, oh, I'll fuck you once the war is won. That's kind yeah, of that something was perfect. Yeah, yeah, that was clever. That's something Cersei would do. Yeah. Yeah, that she was, actually she was clever. Like, on her game this episode. I mean, okay, so she goes down and <laughs> tortures Falaria for, like, ten fucking minutes. Ten but... fucking minutes! It went, like, and she repeated herself at least three times like she yeah. said the exact same thing like you killed my daughter and then five minutes later you killed my daughter how could we you do get that it. <laughs> just yeah. like yeah we know why did you kill my daughter oh sorry you're gagged why did you kill my daughter oh you still can't respond oh huh. why did you kill my daughter <laughs> but that being said the three actors in that i guess kyburn was there too but the three like important actors in that scene killed it oh yes yeah they mm-hmm. did I mean, I didn't actually know Tyene had that capability. Yeah, I'm like sad she did. That's I mean, the character she, she had to play. Yeah. She like yeah, she did it it's fun held her own in that room with Indira Varman and Alina Headey Ro- and Rosalie. Uh, God, I'm not going to remember her name, but yeah, no, the, all three of them did yeah. really, really well. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how much the quality increases once they don't have to say any of these stupid lines, <laughs> <laughs> or or once they know that it's their last scene and they're like, "Thank the fuck." Yeah. No, but I can like, be salty about this later. It's just to say. There's, like, I felt like this could have been so good if I actually cared about these characters in any way. Yup. You know, it was such a waste. You know what it was? It's another great example of these scenes that just didn't earn, it didn't earn it. Because I would care more about Cheryl getting revenge for the death of uh, Madison if Cheryl had mentioned Madison more than, like, three or four times in the entire show. Yeah. Apparently Madison is her favorite now. Yeah, her only daughter, did you hear? Yeah. But like she's, and she, she never got to have a mother except for the first nine years of her life. What was that about? <laughs> I just I just found it very unearned because it's like, why do we care about Madison when Cheryl doesn't even care? Like she never we never even even when Madison's body came back, when Cheryl talked to Larry, we didn't get one of those revenge speeches. We got a sad the prophecy is coming true speech, right? Yeah, and the like, oh she was pretty once. Didn't Larry get the revenge speech? Yeah. Yes, he did. He said, like, uh, fuck, fuck prophecies and fuck fate, we're gonna, like, kill everyone who isn't us. Yeah, I guess there, there was a parallel, true. because remember, um, Carol had that fixation on what 
uh, Madison's body was going to look like as it decayed. Remember that? I guess okay, that did was- that really oh, affect anything that we watched in this episode? It was poetry and it rhymed, Kylie. <laughs> okay. I think okay. this was D&D very not subtly being like, oh, you didn't like these characters. They're so hated. We're going to give this long, drawn-out death sequence. A sort of Nikki and Paolo style from Lost, but even mm-hmm. worse than that. <laughs> like mm. With a very subtle shade of lip gloss. Nobody oh, saw that coming. Like, I, I definitely didn't call it the second that the scene started. No. That was hilarious. It was ridiculous. I have a question about the lipstick. Um, so after this scene, uh-huh. is the very next scene of, <laughs> is the very next scene Cheryl going and hooking up with Larry? Yeah. Yes. Okay. She wiped it off with a handkerchief. Oh, but but I mean, okay. She she wiped it off with a handkerchief. But she got all of it. Off. I mean, it's a really deadly poison. I mean, she <laughs> went for a blowjob right away. So yeah, you yeah. gotta make sure. Yeah, like she didn't. I didn't see her, like wash her face. She didn't bring extra antidote in case you know, like. So in that no. scene, we were supposed to be feeling sorry for Filaria and thinking Cheryl is evil. I guess. I don't think so. I think maybe we well, oh, crap. That's it was problem. morally gray. It's so complicated because they're so gray. So complicated. Yes. Hmm. I think like we were supposed to be fist pumping. I think we were supposed to be fist pumping that these annoying characters are killed off. Yeah, I think they are I, pretty annoying. But they're but they're aligned with Danny, and she's mm, a good. And it's good. a minor inconvenience for Danny that they're gone now. I'm so confused. It's just the moral ambiguity that Yana was talking no, about. No, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the the marketing wants Cheryl to be evil, so I think we were supposed to be. Yeah, I do think we were supposed to be um, sad. Did you see her shoulder pads with sparkly, spiky stuff on them when she's wearing all black? I mean, of course she's the evil one here. Yes. <laughs> but I also saw those shoulder pads on her maid, so I don't really know what to think. And the haircut. The haircut that Tahin had like two seasons ago. Huh. What Who's was the that? Now? What was that? She opens the door to this maid. Is she standing there in another battle dress? <laughs> with the same haircut. This wasn't even the dumbest part of the scene. That's a really sad thing. And it's, it's like it's like all of her ladies in waiting are just in cosplay of her at all times. They're just like all wearing the exact. Because if you look in the in the throne room scene, she's got like three or four of them on the side. So they're all wearing the same dress and the same haircut. It's like the red priestess who was cosplaying as Mel. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just supposed to be that like she started a fashion because, like, the people of King's Landing are just such sheeple, apparently, that they just there's, love her by now. By the way, there's an article on Vanity Fair. Like, that's the same maid that's been around for a long time. She's the maid that Shay threatened to not say anything about Sansa's mattress, if you remember all the way back. Wow. So she's been, like, she around for a really, really long time. She must and be a really like, good handmaiden. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the article was like, "Ooh, there's going to be a big payoff." Um, no, but sure. Like, yeah, there's a history there. Anyway, we should probably talk about the fact that um, Cheryl and Larry's sex was not consensual. No, it wasn't. It became consensual. I'm sure. Oh my god, Alex Graves, get out of here! I mean, <laughs> they were cuddling, so obviously, if you cuddle, it's consensual, yeah. right? Well, that's the weirdest thing. He was like, no, stop, she didn't. And then the, we cut boom to happy mornings. Like, I don't know, maybe they went over that in their ground rules, that no means yes and, like, banana means no. <laughs> oh. Oh, you mean they have a safe word thing going on? Yeah. Ah. That would explain all of their scenes and actions up until I this know. point. And her dominatrix yeah. outfit. All the new leather that's been introduced. Why are we still getting, like, Ernest, Larry, and Cheryl? And have they been seeding conflict between them since, like, season four? At least? Um, And I mean, Cheryl just 
went and murdered some bitches, and she's turned on by this, and Larry's like, that seems legit, that's not something I should take issue with, like, whoever got turned on by murdering people? I guess he doesn't know that's why she was You know who got turned on by murdering people? Ares. Yeah, I remember when we talked about that once in a scene that actually kind of worked. Yeah. He was also naked. Yeah. God, I just don't know what they're doing. I just don't know what they're doing. And then it cuts to the scene where she's talking to Tekken the, star- um, the Iron Bank dude. and Oh my god, actually- I mean... Ugh. Okay, I know she's that... She's actually making... She convinces him on her side by making, like, a kind of good point about revolutionaries being bad investments. Because Lannisters aren't revolutionaries. Um, I mean, everybody seems a bit woozy. No, no, what she did right was, now, was but- she freed them mm-hmm. from superstition. She did what? She freed uh, people of King's Landing from superstition by blowing up the stuff. <laughs> because did you know that if you blow up the holy place, nobody believes it anymore? Mm-hmm. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it? She said it was an accident, right? Apparently now it's an accident, even though I'm quite sure that she didn't say it was an accident earlier this season. And Hot Pie knew it was Hot Pie yeah. knew it was her, yeah. Oh my god, this is also bad. Okay, Bravos likes the slave trade, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's of not course. the real Bravos. But didn't they go? Didn't they go into the foundational myths of Bravos last season in uh, the House of Dark and Vague? When they oh, talked about yeah. how it was founded by slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Tom Mashala, he he talked about how they killed um, the slave. The, how the how the first faceless men killed all the slavers, and you're like, well, that wasn't the story, but okay. <laughs> but that's the House of Dark and Vague, full of assholes. Who knows whether the entire city is in with the, is in on that? Yeah. Well, they they did kind of like not care while Arya was bleeding out, so. Yeah, yeah, the city of just the city of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was the city of brotherly indifference. <laughs> yeah, and like Cheryl is again seeming really competent here. Yeah, but you'd think after so- after the Iron Bank got bamboozled by the guy with half his fingers, maybe they would like <laughs> want a little bit more assurance about their debts versus versus like just like it's gonna be fine. Basically. How does the Iron Bank have money at this point, frankly? They bank, their money is made out of iron. Oh. I don't know. It's like, I can't believe it's on economics. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go up to Winterhell because I think, I think that's Cheryl's yes. for us. Yeah. It's Brittany, um, bitch! She's back. Ooh. She was back. Oh, she was Look, back with a vengeance. She's the only one who knows how to take care of stuff in wintertime. Like, yeah, like no northern maester remembers how long winter lasts. <laughs> that maester was, was so was awful. Wasn't <laughs> the important veil maester? What was going on? I bet he wouldn't have been able to cure Jorah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And how's Brittany the only one who knows how to do this? She hasn't been in the North in How did ages. the armorers not know to put leather on it if that's the thing that you need I to had, do? How did they, they not know how to, like, store grain? <laughs> Are these all imported from the Vale? Like, did she just oust every single Northern person in Winterfell in favor of all her Vale people? What is going well, on? I mean, what? there's, there's winter die. in the Vale, too. They also store grain there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone died that was northern. But, right, like what but northern do they people put leather on their breastplates? Oh my god. But you know what, like, to be honest, even though there's so many obvious flaws with this, I loved watching oh, Brittany walk awesome. around doing her thing. Yes. She was so she's starting to show her intelligence, remember? Well, I mean, she's allowed to be intelligent when Johnny's not there. She's not... She'll get put back in her place later, don't worry. Only one person is allowed to be competent in any given scene, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, were we supposed to think that Batfinger's speech was smart that he gives her? Oh, yeah. that was so no. badly written. It was like somebody got high and wrote a speech. It was so It reminded bad. me of the one in we season three with the line. whole Who thing where Carol, where Carol was like, power is power or whatever. 
Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, no, Yana, you're you're right. It was completely a trailer line. Yeah, like, that's all it yeah. was. And, and the laziest part was that he just goes, and you have to see everything at all times. And then Ben goes in and is like, I see everything at all times. Um, oh. Okay. But, like, the other thing about that speech was, like, Batfinger, you just had everything blow up into your face pretty epically. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck are you on? You failed so hard that Brittany is constantly sassing you. Like, why is she even, <laughs> why is she even entertaining him at this point? All she does is tell him she he's stupid. She needs his army, apparently. It's not his army. I'm waiting for the writers to realize that. All she has to do is be like, yo, he killed Lysa Aaron. I was there. He was complicit in killing John Aaron. He was complicit in killing the king. He's kind of an asshole. And Royce can come, like, body slam him with his giant (laughs) breastplate or whatever. It's it's not getting any less funny. I keep waiting for it to get less funny. Not happening. It's It's so shiny. All right. We we gotta keep... We gotta keep a, a pace up here. So Bran comes, and that was fucking terrible. Oh my, it was awful. Yeah, there was nothing good about it at all. Like, if if this had been seeded at all for Bran, like, mm. remember when he was off-season for a year? If we had come back and this was more of his demeanor, okay. But last season he was emoting. I mean, not well. He was, you know, <laughs> that's my father. But, like, <clears throat> even into the final episode, you know, he had that moment where Mira's like, are you sure you're ready for this? And he's like, I'm ready. Like there's yeah, still that, care you know. about things at least. Yeah, but but like, what is this? Maybe his uh, emotions froze off on his trek through the north. I don't know. <laughs> his face is just stuck that way from the cold. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. Someone's obviously directing him to do this, right? Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Can uh, we talk <laughs> about how wonderful it was when, like, you know, Brittany's like, "Oh, you know, you're gonna be like the Lord of Winterfell," and uh, you know, all this, and he's like. I'm the three-eyed raven or whatever. And she just goes, "What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's hard to explain. <laughs> Apparently, because I don't think D&D know what it means. And then he triggers her and she reacts like a human would react, which is something I never yeah. expected would happen on the show. What the yeah, fuck that was, was nice. that? Why was he I talking? mean, was it nice? <laughs> it was nice she had a reaction and she got to act and, and yeah. it worked. Yeah, and she told you she was pretty on the night she was raped. Yeah. Why, though? That was such a... Uh, like, okay, he could have been like, oh, I'm sorry, what happened to you, and left it there, but then he kept going into detail about how pretty she was. You remember? I think that was supposed to, to be, like, you know, an indication of how detached he is. He, like, doesn't understand human emotions anymore. But how can he be detached? Because saying something is pretty is having an opinion about it, right? Not that there are object... You're not objective. There, there, there is this, um... There was this post on Tumblr that was like, Stark reunion be like, John, I died and came back alive. Bran, I'm the three-eyed raven. Arya, I'm a face-changing serial killer. Sansa, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. I'm the normal one in the family now. Yeah, she really is. I I personally, I want to see the scene of Brittany trying, or Sansa trying to explain to everybody in Winterfell why she's the one ruling Winterfell and not Bran. You know, she's a three-eyed raven. Guys, oh, why? It's hard to explain. <laughs> what, what if Leanna Mormont pops up and goes, I don't care that he's the three-eyed raven. <laughs> <laughs> what happens then? Exactly. That's the scene I want to see. All right. Um, Theon's alive, by the way. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and and everyone magically... on the ship knew what happened on his ship. Yeah. Okay. They watched the previous mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> All right. So down in Old they Town. They checked it on the Twitter. Let's, let's go to Old Town. Um real quick there's not much i can't believe it's not science (laughs) Uh, 
Oh my god, he's magically cured. Let's just let him go without keeping it into watch how this goes. Or maybe until his skin is sort of healed. No, his skin is perfectly healed. I mean, he has skin, first of all. I think, like, Mm -hmm. I'm very confused with this. How did no one ever consider, like, trying to peel his stuff off? I mean, they didn't even try this with Shireen or something. She just no, no, they tried it before, but it was forbidden. Okay, why? It's forbidden because the plot. The plot said you cannot do this. (laughs) This is definitely not like a book checklist thing, right? Like this can't be the answer to grayscale. No, this is so bad. My question, my question is, what was the point of him having grayscale at all? Like seriously. It was drama for like a season and a half. Ooh. My guess is there's actually um, a plague that's going to break out in the books, at least to some extent, with of this. Okay, this an answer about like, what they did. And on they the were show. like, "Oh, maybe we'll adapt this," and then they didn't. Maybe, but um, I think what? one of the commenters on uh, our live blog suggested that it was basically just to give Sam something to do this season, which isn't a stupid suggestion at all. It's not a stupid suggestion, but like you know, mm. last season their idea of give Sam something to do was steal a sword, so. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I mean, don't he could have used the sword to peel off the grayscale. At least, you know. Like. What happened to that sword, by the way? Is he just allowed to have a fancy sword and a woman in his quarters and nobody cares? Mm-hmm. Of course. Little Sam. I want to see the. I, I want to see the um, adventures of Gilly. That's all I care mm. about right now. Yes. What is she up to? What's going on? Um, I don't think that Jorah's grayscale generally could have been for Sam's purpose because that would have required them to plan over multiple seasons. Yep. And over mm-hmm. multiple plot lines at the same time. Yeah. But, like, that actually, um, I, I forgot to bring this up when we were there, but, like, so it's not possible, in your opinion, that they made Tyene Falaria's daughter so this could happen. No. Because that was a change no. that just mystified us, right? No, I think it's just because they, bo- they they didn't bother having any other Sand Snakes and maybe... No, they mentioned well, the other Sand actually, Snakes. actually... I don't know. You know what? Maybe, you know, you you might be right, actually. Because they knew that they were going to end the season with that happening. And then they'd be like, oh, how's she going to meet her? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it I think it was just, like... But this plays into their favorite trope of revenge. And supposed poetic justice revenge. Yeah. I mean, it did rhyme. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about, I have to think about more. Because I don't, I don't think that they do plan season to season... Neither do I. You know, enough Mm-mm. to do it. Um, but then why wouldn't they just have made all three her daughters and had Cersei kiss all three? Or why would they have purposely made Tyene her daughter and, and like, rather than... They got rid of Oberyn's other kids, I guess. I don't know. No, they're there. They, they mentioned that he has eight kids, and then they mentioned that Falaria has four daughters at one point. Yeah, in, in season four. I mean, yeah. right now, they're ignoring them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, what's I, going on I, in Dorne right now? Who's in charge? <laughs> Oh no! Uh, whoever the guards decide is in charge, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it Doria? I bet it's Doria. We are getting we are getting a, a little close to the end, and and we've got some ground to cover with these fucking horrible battles. Oh. So, mm-hmm. all right, Casterly, Casterly Castle, Casterly Castle. It's not a rock. <laughs> I mean, not a rock. Oh, it's just a generic so- castle How? on top of a cliff. Like, it's the most generic-looking, like, it looks like Hohen Salzburg more than anything else. Yeah, Question. Why is the Tarly Castle more fancy than the Lannister Castle? But, like, the, the Tarly, Tarly Castle, Castle barely looked like it was fortified at all. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Horn Fair was beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. not fortified, but... <laughs> and, I mean, okay, if Tywin built this thing, apparently, within the last 40 years or something... Yeah, but Tywin cool, was all, like, why not? stoic and, like... That explains why it's so tiny. Yeah. But, 
But Tywin would made have you seen his wedding decorations? He would have made this thing ostentatious. Yeah, and then, this was just plain. Also, Tyrion built the sewers like in the last. He literally built years the sewers. Get, yeah. Like, how, yeah. what were they doing before Tyrion? They were like they had a bucket brigade. Guess. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, the, the, I think to me, and Jess, Jess's review is absolutely fantastic of, mm-hmm. of pointing this out mm-hmm. with how the voiceover actually broke any dramatic tension. Yeah, even though D yeah. was saying okay, that. Okay, I didn't get what we were watching. Was, I didn't get that the mm. thing where they were, like, scaling the walls is supposed to be some kind of alternate universe. I thought they had, like, Unsullied attacking as a oh, diversion. Oh, they didn't scale the- wait. Wait, they didn't scale uh, the walls? But- no, 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 that was no, a That was, like, like a thing, so it was, they- like, in the, the fourth Twilight movie. No, 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 that was actually happening. Was- that was a diversion so the ten good men could sneak in. Was it? Yeah. I think so. The- uh, okay, I thought they actually scaled the walls and then they actually also went into the sewer. Yeah. Okay. But, mm-hmm. like, th- this whole thing, Tyrion's narrating, like, oh, it's an impenetrable fortress, it's never been While taken, they're, showing, they're gonna like, be outnumbered. Mm-hmm. generic castle number three. Yeah, okay. Right, uh-huh. but, like, everything, everything he's saying about it makes this plan sound really stupid. Like, okay, why did you commit trips to this again? <laughs> right. But, uh, mm-hmm. okay, they never justify why this makes any sense. And then Larry later yeah, talks about, talks about oh, yeah. I knew Tyrion would take it. Why? And he also knew that it wasn't strategically important at all. Then why, then why would Tyrion have taken it? Like, what are we supposed to, are we supposed to think Tyrion's a big fucking idiot? Cause his voiceover didn't, wasn't like um, done with this dramatic maybe? I don't remember last season when Johnny was a complete fucking idiot, but then the narrative rewarded him and told us how smart he was and what a great leader he was. Like, who the fuck knows? The, the narrative didn't exactly reward Tyrion for this though, did it? Well, the I narrative mean, didn't reward Johnny with the Battle of the Bastards thing either. Then next episode, he was made king. I mean, next episode, Danny's going to be talking about how wise he is. I mean, she's going to do that every episode, no matter what he does. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, I have I have some questions about the, the fleets, and I'm, I'm, yes. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna die. Yeah, you might be of that guy for the Plinket reviews. Like, excuse me, I have some questions. <laughs> excuse me, I'd like to talk about the equipment discrepancies in this. <laughs> I would like to talk about the logistical discrepancies in this. So, this was my low light, just generally, because it distracted me. I mean, that, mm. that and Brent were my low lights, because it distracted me so much from the story. The way these fleets were like popping up here and there, mm-hmm. and so no, it, it, it broke. It broke the episode for sure. It broke the episode, and if you look, take a look at a map. Anybody who's listening, take a look at a map, and you look at Casterly Rock, and you tell me how the fuck they got there. But look at the maybe opening they of the, the map show, the opening sequence, right? Yeah, but like this is yeah. my this is my one question regarding this. So if Euron's ships, thousand his thousand ships, got there, they must have gotten mm-hmm. there before. Danny's ships got there, right? Because they had to, like, go hide themselves around the corner and, uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. sneaky sneak so they could sneak up behind them, right? So mm-hmm. your, your thousand really highly trained ships that are clearly good at naval battle show up to the place first. So when the mm-hmm. other enemy fleet comes, why don't you just attack them in the ocean? I don't know. Because they wanted to another thing I, Another thing I wondered is that is you are, is you are with these uh, ships right now? Is he supposed to be there? Do we know that? I don't think yeah, I because that. he the, like it's like the silence. I guess it's supposed to be the silence, right? The, his big main ship. Okay, so oh, technically, Euron went to catch the Dornish uh-huh. people off the Dornish coast, back to King's Landing, yeah, across Red uh-huh. Dragonstone, back from King's uh-huh. Landing, past Dragonstone, which is the only access mm-hmm. point by sea to King's Landing, uh-huh. all around yep. the coast, all uh-huh. around Dorne, all around the half the continent. And apparently, according to the outside the episode, Larry went to Castle Lock first to empty all the grain stores, and then he went to Highgarden. 
in two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Before or after his blowjob. So this, all, this all happened in two weeks, by the way, because that's what Cheryl said. She needed two weeks. Yeah. Think, okay, I swear to God, they gave us that timeline. They gave mm-hmm. us the Fortnite timeline just to thumb their noses at anyone who cares about these details. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, just like, like, like the more you know about the source material, the worse it is. Yeah. But I don't, but I don't, even if you, even if you, have, yeah. You just have to watch the opening to see how this is stupid. Yeah, no, but like, yeah. unless you're supposed to think that Westeros is the size of like Prince Edward Island. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know something, I, I was thinking about this today because I was thinking, how could they have made Euron's overpoweredness at least begin to try to make sense, sort of? Um, if they had just gone with the Euron has magic frame of mind, which some, uh, hmm. of the fans of the books like, the whole like he has wizards and stuff. Then I would shrug my uh-huh. shoulders and say, oh, the wizards are making the wind fast, you know. Okay, magic exists in this world. They could have easily sure. done something like that, and it would no, be... No, he's just a hooligan. I mean, obviously, his magic is that he stole Badfinger's teleporter. Yes. For his entire tr- entire fleet. Yeah, Bad oh my god, oh my god, wait! This explains why Badfinger's stuck on that place on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> his teleporter's gone, so he has to stand at his leaning spot. <laughs> Oh, the time no. and space continuum has collapsed around him because it doesn't have his teleporter anymore, so now he can't move. Oh, okay, by the way, speaking of, speaking of that, the Terrell army... The, no, 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 the, the Terrells suck at fighting, Kylie. But where so are they, they? They're still Kylie. in a castle! It's not an army, they're just a bunch of roses! Oh my god, I just... Like, it's like, like Tarly is there, and Tarly is with Larry for some reason? Okay, that's one bannerman, the reach is fucking huge! Yeah, like, where are the high towers? Like, it, it, there, apparently it's such a foregone conclusion at how bad this army is that we didn't even see this battle. Which makes you wonder why they, how they won the King's Landing thing back in season two, which was referenced this episode because Tyrion and Thomas kept, kept bitching about it. Yeah, well, that was like the Lannisters were there and the Lannisters did all that heavy lifting because the Lannisters are all like manly and stoic. They're lions. We spent a season getting the Tyrells on board. Yeah, well, they have but money But apparently their shit. armies were always shit. No, they have money, because, like, they're all decadent. But, but isn't another point of that, too, that the Lannister oh. army is a lot more depleted than the Tyrell army? No, apparently not. Are. I mean, they have Ed Sheeran, so they're fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you can afford Ed Sheeran, then you have to be fine. <laughs> okay, okay. This last scene, because we're getting near an hour, this last mm-hmm. scene with uh, Larry and the Dowager Sastris. Yeah. I loved it because Diana Rigg was showing some life, man. No, she was awesome. Yeah. Like I fell in love with her. Like I finally, she I think I finally get, get what everyone's going mm-hmm. on about with her. You fell in love mm-hmm. with her to the point where you bought everything she was saying. No, but like thinking about. No, yeah, I did. Like in the moment, I definitely did. I mean, I've had time to think about it a little bit, and like we had a conversation today about how, like, I said because, like, I I think I bought it more because I finally think that Cheryl is acting villainous. Finally. I mean, I've been told that she's been villainous sure. for how many seasons now, but she, she's finally... Like, that that thing with Valaria was, like, fucking dark. Okay, but, like, it was also payback. Mm-hmm. I, how is this particularly more villainous than the no, chance of feeding Ramsey the It's not. The it's not. Like, then Aya butchering uh-huh. the phrase. It's not. Or Elena murdering a 13-year-old boy in front of his mother. Mm-hmm. And happily confessing to him. <laughs> I mean, that was a little badass. But was <laughs> he 13? I don't know. Was he younger than Tommen? I think he he was. He might have been sixteen. He was supposed to be like he was seventeen or eighteen, I think. Yeah, sixteen or eighteen. Mm. Either way, um, I think well, I, you know I agree. I liked this last scene. I mm-hmm. thought it worked, but my problem with it is that's like a lot of other portions. It of wasn't this episode, a conversation. There were no. It wasn't a conversation. They actually did speak to each other. But the thing about it was, <laughs> in in its discrete moment, it worked. 
But my oh, big problem oh, totally. with it was getting there yeah. required, you know, the Larry to take Highgarden. Which is just ridiculous. To, it's just kind of a leap. And he had yeah. to explain. Th- this battle was so poorly conceived, Larry actually had to explain to the audience what just happened. Right. And it's like, what? Yeah. This is the whole show-don't-tell thing, right? Where they have this problem a lot. Yeah. And how did yeah. Elena even get from Dragonstone to Highgarden? <laughs> with a boat, the fleet uh, that was abandoned or not, or maybe, or kind of, sort of, or with a teleporter? Well, <laughs> she left before Larry, so, you know, and she didn't have to make a pit stop. Yeah, okay. But... Like, yeah, and Larry is like his personality is not stable. Like, uh, he has a personality. He, yeah, well, he's he's super well, devoted he to Cheryl. Cheryl and thinks that she'll make Westeros great again. I think. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, there know. Was some stuff. There was some stuff in this conversation about how like what what did he say? Like once yeah. their enemies are dead, everything yeah, will be happy and again. She, like everyone is like living in peace in the world that Cheryl is going to build or something. It, yeah, yeah, like the epic right. of Pierce Targaryens made. No, it's very remember? Thousand Year Reich. It's it's weird. Well, remember they're building a dynasty for themselves. So <laughs> yeah, without any heirs left alive. But everyone now knowing, like it's not even an open secret anymore. It's just out there. But it's a secret that, that Johnny son. was resurrected and that Cheryl blew up the sept. Yeah, because resurrection is way le- way more frowned upon than you know open incest, twin incest, whatever. I feel like we didn't talk about this enough. Like, they just dropped all pretenses at this point. I mean, they have for a while, but... Did Euron and, and Larry have this conversation about Cheryl's preferences in the bedroom in front of everyone? Yeah, right, oh, yeah. That was so weird. It's like, everyone's looking at you. Stop it. Jesus. I mean, like, they were kind of, like, yeah. speaking, like, Soto voice, I guess. It, but it, that's, like, in the books, that's what Jamie wants. Jamie wants to be all, like, fuck everybody. Like, you know, we can be king and queen together and whatever. Like, Targaryens and... Sh- and Cersei's the one who's like, no, that's stupid. Well, this has gone back and forth between yeah. them. They both take opposite sides in different seasons. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I believe in season five, uh, <laughs> Cheryl wanted to, or Carol wanted to be out and saying, like, look what your caution has brought us. Yeah. And and Larry's the one who was like, didn't, then Larry wanted to be out and didn't <laughs> care. And then she was like, no. Like, they've got, they're, they're all over the map with this. Mm-hmm. All that's and consistent now, is they love each other a lot. Yeah. That's true. And now he's like, well, maybe don't rub it into your, into your mate's faces. And then Cheryl's like, no, we need new sheets because I fucked my brother right here. And because there might be poisonous chapstick on the sheets. I don't know. We should or probably watch them. <laughs> that would have been an awkward... That would have been a prime moment for dumb ways to die if she didn't really wipe her lips properly for that. Oh, that would have been amazing. I kind of wish that it happened now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Alright. Uh, do you guys have anything else to uh, to say about the episode in conclusion? Um... The direct, the directing was better, a lot better. I mean, there were none of those weird, like low angle shots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, of all the surprising plot threads to pick up with, I did not expect the Bravo C Iron Bank to be there. That's true. Uh, <laughs> why? Thought, why is it there? I thought that was gone forever. Also, <laughs> oh, um, Julia, this was the same director as last week's episode. This is Mark Lloyd. <sighs> I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Then it was different. It looked completely different. It did look okay. completely different. I guess, I guess he's just trying new things. Well, what I noted was that uh, the whole battle thing at the end with the narrating and then action and narrating and action and stuff, uh, first of all, felt like a heist movie somehow. Mm, and second of all, it reminded me of the New King Arthur movie because it was shot in the same way, just that this that movie was meant to be silly and we're supposed to take this seriously. Yeah. Are we? I think. <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, it's worth mentioning, the, the ratings aren't out for this episode yet, but it is worth mentioning that Season 7 has record-breaking numbers. Of course. Um, so, surprised. last year, Winds of Winter, fuck you, almost got up to 9 million. This year, Dragonstone had 10 million tuning in for the first episode, and 9.27 million for the second episode. So Yeah, I'm not surprised. <sighs> I mean, the longer, the longer a show is on for, you know, the more likely it is to have yeah. more people watching it. No, that kind of like the opposite tends to be true, actually. <laughs> really? From because I mean, how do you know about it if it's just in the first season? Oh, uh, well, no, like if it's if it's like a water cooler show like this, yes. But like in general, for other shows, um, there's usually a drop off because the quality gets worse or it just goes on too mm-hmm. long and people lose interest. Oh yeah, I could see that. I just mean like like you know, if you're a show that has it's like your third season's coming out, you know, you already have your fan base right, that right, watch right. seasons one and two. But yeah, no, with yeah. with uh, with Game of Thrones, it's just one of those like you. You, it becomes a cultural necessity, so everyone starts to pick it up. I know I've, I've started. I've started messaging um, Kylie and Caroline in the middle of the day. Just these like random mentions of Game of Thrones in the media that infuriate me because <laughs> yeah, I need to vent. I just, I just don't get what anyone else is seeing. And like, I saw this tweet from a speedrunner I actually follow on uh, right after the episode. That was like, "Oh my god, this this was such a well written episode. Uh, it's such a smart show. I'm blown away." And I'm like, "Uh huh." Are we watching the same thing? No, it's, I mean, it's I not agree. even people saying that it's a good show. It's just like 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 how much mean like how mean tastic it is. It's just, like, so everywhere. And, like, every time, like, anyone mentions any kind of, like, backstabby political intrigue, they reference Game of Thrones. Like, on CNN. Yeah. They'll just be like, this is like Game of Thrones. And you're like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Yeah. Stop. It's not, also. <laughs> like, unless it's, like, revenge and bad pussy, it's not, it's, I promise you, it's not like Game of Thrones. No, because Game of Thrones is all with that complicated <laughs> political intrigue, Kylie. Oh, Remember God. last season in Carol's Landing? <laughs> yeah. And the complexities and the moral ambiguity just blowing your mind. This is so smart. <sighs> so complex. Ooh, by the way, I just, I'm sorry. I just I just received an ask on my Tumblr from Valerina81, uh, who was saying that uh, they do think D&D do a certain amount of stuff just to mess with the book readers, and the Iron Bank mm. slavery mention was one of them, because it wasn't plot imperative, but it's a really nice jab to book snobs. Yeah. I... I they are that petty. They, like, yeah, they really are. Like they are that yeah. Petty. I agree. No, I could see that. Could Didn't they condition, that. like, Maisie Williams to uh, say how much the book snobs suck at this point? Didn't they do that? Yeah, it was, she, she yeah, it was, just, snobby. It was just snobby book fans. Yeah, she said something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll keep it classy, guys. All right. Well, <laughs> I, th- I think this sums it up for what we have to say about the Queen's Justice. I guess it was Charles Justice, right? Or deadpans, it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. But deadpan didn't do any justice. Maybe there's supposed to be like a contrast between them, right? That deadpan does nothing and Cheryl does kissing? I have no idea what the contrast was supposed to be, if there was supposed to be one. I think, I thought the Queen's Justice was referring to the death of Olena. Hmm. Uh, Oh, I guess that could work. Well, also Filaria. Well, then it would be about Cersei, yeah. You know, it's just just going over our heads, guys. It's too deep. Mm. It's, It's too smart. Um, but yeah, if you liked what we had to say about Game of Thrones, well, there is plenty of 
salt that we've got for you uh, over on thefandamentals.com. We also watch the episodes live on Sunday night if you want to be joining us for a live blog on that. Uh, you can also subscribe to our other podcasts. We have a fem slash podcast called Ladies First, mm-hmm. a movies podcast called Cinematic Release, and a general fandom podcast, uh, which Julia and I are co-hosts of as well, along with Gretchen called The Fandamentalist, uh, which I, we are very taken with that pun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best pun. We have all the best yeah. puns. Tremendous. We also. <laughs> I don't have to live I, in the country. I, me neither. I really can't me neither. I really can't deal, dude. Uh. But uh, we also have dramatically satisfying gear in our store on the fundamentals. So if you go to our main site and just like scroll to the bottom, you'll see a little badge for our store there. And finally, if you liked uh, this podcast and recommend our wonderful critical analysis, uh, mm. you should. Tell a friend about it or drop us a review or rating because that helps us get discovered. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all. Yeah, that's all we got. Yeah. It's just oh god, it's four late. more episodes left, and then we have like a year off. Oh, it's <sighs> oh, oh, by the way, let, to let you guys know, um, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention. You this. forgot to mention spoilers next... for next week. Oh, uh, yeah. Do we have to do that? Yeah. All right, yeah, real quick, real quick, let's run through what's coming up next week, and then I'll give you my announcement. I'm so, ex- so yeah, dramatically satisfied. I'm, I'm ready. Next week is called The Spoils of War. Well, Arya okay. arrives at Arya arrives at Winterfell. Because the North is nothing, yes. A conversation between Danny and Missandei occurs about Grey Worm. Oh, is it about how awesome Ooh. Deadpan's judgment is again? Okay. I don't know. John Girl leads talk. Danny down to the caves below Dragonstone where they are mining dragon glass. Are you fuck? <laughs> no, the, no, I don't think so. You have to save that for the finale. Okay. Jo- Danny gets news of Casterly Rock and leaves to ambush the Lannister forces returning from Highgarden. With the dragon. On their way to King on their way to King's Landing, the Lannister Tarly army with wagons full of gold gold and food get ambushed. Mm-hmm. They're just they're destroyed by Danny's forces of Dothraki and dragons. Drogon gets wounded by a ballista. Jamie and Bronn can barely escape. Bronn is there. Dan- he was there, he was there this week. Oh, was he? I didn't we see saw him. him. I, yeah. I just saw Billy Bones and his biceps of Doom. He was next to the Tarly people when they mm-hmm. did the Danny that. lets Drogon bor- burn some lords who survived the battle as traitors, including Randall and Dickon. Oh, oh wow, that's why we're the show this week. It all and makes sense now. Theon arrives at Dragonstone and has a confrontation with John. Wait, that's it? I don't know why. Yep. So that's where the sh- his ship was. Well, going. these are I these are all the spoilers. This is all ship that logistics we have. spoilers. Well, well, no, he was he was scooped up near Dragonstone. That's actually not that bad. Okay, but I thought they were around Dorne, and I thought the ship was going don't, with the rest of the Denny yeah, ships to where Denny ships go. Yeah. No, I, I didn't but, think those <laughs> ships were that far away. Yeah. Okay. But uh, um, do I we don't know. do we have a have... do we have a time estimate on the next episode? Is it one of those long ones yet? Uh, I forget. They had the runtime given a long time ago, but uh, I don't know. I'm I don't know that offhand. I'm sorry. Because okay, that that's like I... a lot that happens. That might be one of the shorter ones. I think I know there was one shorter one in there. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm I'm hoping for it. We, we could use the break. Anyway, the announcement I was going to give you guys is that next week, uh, I'm actually going to be absent during the live blog. Mm-hmm. I will be meeting my brand new niece in San Diego and taking mm-hmm. care of her for a few days. And because of that, I'm 
also going to not be able to podcast with us like when we normally would or edit it when we normally would. So instead of this podcast coming out on Wednesdays, as it's been, it's going to be coming out on Friday just for next week. And then we'll be back to our normal schedule moving forward from there. So thank you for your patience. And also thank you for listening to us. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Then we came to season six where we were shown flaccid, warty dicks, but still the writers failed to fix the demeaning way they script their chicks. The show is still a profest and it somehow endorses incest, but we can't get away. It's mentioned on TV every day. Season seven thus far, the praise is downright bizarre since the scripts can't clear the low bar of knowing where characters are. Still it gets filleted.